Hello and welcome to Mashley at the Movies. I'm Ashley. I'm Matt. And I'm Sean. And this is another special edition of Mashley at the Movies. This is one of our 31 days of Halloween where each day in October we discuss a movie in the horror, thriller, mystery genre. And today's movie is Monster Squad. Yes, this came out in 1987 and basically centers around a group of, I don't know, 12-ish year old boys Mm -hmm. who uh, have a treehouse and they call themselves the Monster Squad and they're just really into um, monsters and you know we're talking about like you know Dracula and uh, the creature from the Black Lagoon and Frankenstein all that kind of stuff and uh, then lo and behold uh, one day those monsters actually begin to materialize in their town Mm -hmm. and you know are they going to be the ones to fight them off and defeat evil Gotta watch the movie and find out. <laughs> um, Monster Squad, uh, I have a pretty big affinity for Monster Squad. I'd I seen it when it came out, and it feels like to me, um, this is, I know people talk about this, but it kind of harkens back to a time where I feel um, maybe a horror movie aimed at a younger audience um, actually takes itself seriously. It's not just kind of a... And I don't want to use the word Nickelodeon and the negative effect because I know there's some decent mixed up, but it's not just like a Nickelodeon throwaway. <laughs> um, it kind of it takes its subject matter seriously. Um, I think Shane Black, who had written, you know, he's Lethal Weapon, I think Predator, um, Last Boy Scout. He kind of a higher, um, well esteemed uh, writer in Hollywood. It looks like he wrote the script, and I think like the writing is crisp enough. They take the subject matter seriously enough. Um, Stan Winston did the special effects in this. I think the special effects were fabulous. I just think they take the source material seriously enough. They treat the audience with respect. They're not dumbing it down, which is one of the reasons I think that this this movie works so well for me. It's um, you know kind of a youthful comedy horror type thing, but in the wrong hands that can be uh, that can that can be a real turnoff for me. But I I really think that the Monster Squad was a was a pretty big success. Yeah, I agree with uh, everything you said. I, I hadn't seen it before until um, watching it for this podcast. And uh, I think a lot, of the, a lot of the pleasure that I got out of it was from an 80s nostalgia standpoint, mm-hmm. which is interesting because I think a lot of the movie is about a nostalgia for classic monsters movies. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I thought it... I thought the script was actually pretty clever. Mm-hmm. Um, the the young kids were all you know likable and, and good little actors. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of the times, we you know when you're watching young actors, you kind of you know cringe because they're just not very good. But these are all really fine actors. Um, you know, it, it's from the '80s. It's from another time. There's some un-PC stuff mm-hmm. that if that bothers you, you know, be forewarned. But um, I just, you know, I thought it was overall just a lot of fun. Yeah. And if you like classic horror movies, if you like horror movies in general, I think you'll like this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love this movie. Um, you know, I watched it back in the day, uh, but it's been about 30 years. And then yeah. I, you know, rewatched it and I, and I loved it again. Um, I was about 12, about the same age as the, the, the kids in this movie were when I first saw it. And I... Even watching this again years later, I remembered, like, I kind of talked like the boys in the movie talked, uh, <laughs> my friends and I, uh, which was kind of weird. Um, 
But and I like the monsters in them. I mean, this is I, I had to look. I mean, I think this was made by Warner Brothers, but these are straight up Universal style. Yeah. Uh, the yeah. old Universal monsters, right? Yeah. Um, which is fine. Um, I loved the setting. I mean, something I didn't. Uh, it's funny as a kid, I didn't pay much attention to this, but as an adult, like I love the town this is set in. Yeah. I mean. There's a scene where uh, one of the kids and his dad <laughs> sit on the rooftop and they're watching a drive-in movie that's like taking place, I don't know, yeah. a mile away, but you can see it from his rooftop. Mm-hmm. I love that. The, the big showdown at the end takes place in the, sort of like the center of town and like it's sort of, it's sort of a downtown, but then there's like houses right next to it too. And I don't know. I just loved the look and feel of it. And actually there's a... An article, if you Google this, uh, it's on RogerEbert.com. Somebody wrote it uh, about a year ago about the, basically, the production, the, the, the set design, and how it just, it, it feels very lived in. Mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. feels very real. Uh, maybe not quite real. I don't know if a town like this ever existed. <laughs> but uh, I, I love that. So uh, the performances are good. Um, I, the thing, it's funny. I didn't remember... I maybe remembered 30% of this movie from back in the day. I remember I loved it, but one of the things I remembered, one of the people I remembered was Leonardo Semino, um, who's an older actor. He just mm. died a few years ago in his 90s, but he's old in this. But he basically plays a Holocaust survivor. Mm. And um, there's a scene where the boys visit him because they have, uh, I think it's Van, is it somebody's old book, Van Helsing's or somebody's. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, it's in German and they need it translated, <laughs> so they go to his house. And he translates it for mm-hmm. them. And then as they're leaving, they say, you know, um, they talk about how, you know, they're going to tackle some monsters or something. And he says that he knows a thing or two about monsters. And then you see a catch a glimpse of his arm. And he's been tattooed from when he was in the concentration camps. And um, oddly enough, I, I mean, I had heard of concentration camps and, and the Holocaust. Mm-hmm. I didn't know about the tattooing of the arms. So that was actually my first introduction to that. Okay. And I remember that kind of got me curious, and I like had to do research on it at the library, and I was like, oh, wow, you know, and I asked around at adults, and they were like, oh, yeah, this is what it's about. So, I mean, this actually educated me yeah. on, <laughs> on the Holocaust. Um, and then he, you know, later on in the movie, you know, he, he helps them out. He, he's one of the heroes of the film. Mm-hmm. So, uh, not, I love this movie. Yeah, and I think that's a good point. I think that that kind of goes back to how... Um, you know, Shane Black took the took the subject matter seriously. You don't you don't have to dumb it down necessarily just because a it's a horror movie and b it's a teen horror movie. Um, but I mean, I, I guess you can kind of see where you know movies like this were the template for you know Stranger Things and all the, which mm-hmm. is all the rage these days, right? It's like you know movies like Goonies and um, you know Monster Squad and The Explorers or wh- whatever what have you. But those were movies that were popular. You know, whenever I, I would assume that the filmmakers of Stranger Things are. You know, kind of leaning on on this type of film. So I think like you can kind of see this film's legacy. You know, even in you know what's what's popular today, because not only is the '80s nostalgia. You know, we all know that that's alive and well because it's everywhere. But you know, Stranger Things is huge, and this I feel Stranger Things owes a debt to, if not this specifically, but to this type of film that was popular in the '80s. So I think that that that's kind of an interesting parallel. Um, but yeah, I, I enjoyed it a lot too, and I'll go back to. Um, the special effects being really good, and they definitely are. Like Matt, it's a it's a complete nod to like Universal classic Universal mm-hmm. monsters. Um, so didn't Tom Noonan is kind of a face in horror films. He played yeah. Frankenstein, didn't he? He did. Yeah. So he was in um, a more recent film that you sat in with us last year for the series that we talked about, The House of the Devil. House of the Devil. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh-huh. So 
yeah, I, I I've enjoyed this. Uh, the, I enjoyed this film a lot. It, it, um, yeah, it's 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 a good one. Hmm. All right, so yeah, I <laughs> I um, it, it, it's very nostalgic for me, but in a good way. Yeah, I mean, like I said, when I watched it again, it, it, it aged well. I think, and it's short. It's an hour and nineteen minutes. So you kind of get in and, and you get out. I want to give a particular shout out to Fred Decker. So he directed this and he co-wrote this with Shane Black. <clears throat> and Fred Decker also wrote and directed um, a movie that Ashley and I talked about last year for the series, which was Night of the Creeps, mm-hmm. which uh, was, I also thought was particularly good. I did as well. I'm um, a big fan of that film. So, um, you know, it's uh, this, is, this is, to me, it's a Stone Cold classic. Yeah, absolutely. I think he's really good at um, weaving in humor, mm-hmm. taking taking it seriously, but also weaving in humor. Yes, this movie is also quite funny. As well. It is. It is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. So, uh, Sean, what do you give this out of ten? Um, I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna give it an eight and a half, eight point five. Okay, Ashley. Seven point five. I'm going full ten with this. Not a boy. Oh goodness, I like it. <laughs> so our score is an eight point seven, and it's on the tomato meter with a fresh sixty-seven percent. Okay. So, yeah. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. 